Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Angular Story. This week, we're talking to Aishigal Yone. You want to say hello? Hi, everyone. Um, now, I'm trying to look up the episodes we had you on, but do you want to just give a brief introduction really quick while I do that? Sure. I was on the D3. We talked about D3 just in case you need a hint. So my name is Aishigal. I'm a Google developer expert for Angular team and web technologies. And I work with this uh, cool startup called Narval IO, and we are a consulting company for enterprise, and we help big teams build their Angular applications. Uh, on top of it, we do build some open source projects to help developers, and uh, one of them is NX, which is an extension of Angular CLI in a way. Nice. Yeah, we've been meaning to get somebody on to talk about NX. Oh, yeah, would love to. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we had you on episode, you mentioned D3, that was episode 58. Mm. And then we also had you on episode 151, and we talked about WebVR. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. I guess, I guess you're due to come back on. <laughs> yes, and, and it's a good topic to talk, to talk about. Awesome, sounds good. Well, we'll see if we can line that up. But in the meantime, we're here to talk about you and find out all the interesting things about you and your career and uh, programming and all that good stuff. So if you're ready, let's dive in. Uh, yes, sure. Well, I'm glad you're doing this because, uh, you know, so many people have very interesting stories how they got into coding. And I think it's inspiring to hear some other people's stories. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get into coding? So I studied graphic design and um, I... Um, got very interested in animation and start doing scientific visualizations. For that, I was using some 3D programs like Autodesk's Maya. And um, some things were much easier if I could code, especially when you're doing scientific visualizations. There are so many things that needs to be very accurate. So I start writing some scripts there. And I was creating some websites with action scripts. And I didn't really think that that was coding at the time, but now I can see how close that was to JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, I started with Python because my, the program that I was using was using uh, Python for scripting. And okay. one day, I, as a designer, I went to uh, SFHTML5 conference, I believe, and I watched Tony Parisi talk about 3D in web 
And that was not existing at the time, mind you, but he was very excited about it and all of the possibilities. And uh, I think that was a very inspirational moment, especially because I was already working with 3D. So I started learning JavaScript and um, went to a bootcamp called Hack Reactor and met a lot of cool people and um, never looked back. <laughs> awesome. I, I just, I really love the the ideas behind that, right? You were already doing something that was related to coding and you saw the potential for it to just enhance what you were able to do. And you found something that you were really interested in and then oh, yeah. you just went and learned it. Yes, and uh, you know, that's a key point, something that you're interested in. I really had a goal in mind. So everything else was a detail. I mean, learning is painful sometimes, but... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just had my goal in mind. I want to create these things. And now it's uh, quite amazing how the 3D technology on the browser is so much better. You can oh, yeah. share a lot of work. And, um, you know, which these are the things that I couldn't do with, like, all these 3D programs before sharing with other people. Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy. Yeah, that makes sense. So how did you find Angular? First project that I worked on as a group was a mean stack project because oh, okay. uh, yeah um, there was a lot of resources it was interesting it was easy to get started so that's what we did but I remember being super confused <laughs> uh, <laughs> not knowing what I was doing for sure uh -huh. uh, but then my first project like um, as a developer it was an angular project so uh -huh. I started doing that and at the time, I was also teaching uh, for women who code and girls develop it. So I created this uh, curriculum for, for them. And I got more and more into it, and I started speaking about it. So the community was so nice and so welcoming. And by chance, all of my work experience has been with Angular. Very cool. And it seems like you've really picked it up. I mean, you've been involved in, like you said, teaching it. Um, I know you were involved at the... Uh, Rails Girls event at Google I.O. You're a GDE. I mean, you've got all of these uh, things that indicate that, you know, you're not just a, a new or run-of-the-mill Angular developer anymore. So so what, what did you do to enhance your skill to that point? First thing was teaching. Teaching is very helpful because uh, pe when people ask you questions, and you really have to think about it, like how how does this really work? Why does this break? And um, I did office hours, JavaScript office hours for two years. So people would come up to me with their questions and bugs, and I would have to go to other people's code and try to figure out things on the spot. So that really pushed me to learn. Every time I tried to you know solve somebody else's problem, I was also uh, learning something. Mm -hmm. And actually, conferences has been really, really good because um, it helps me to be informed what's going on, what is new, and get inspired too. Most of the time, I don't remember half the things that I hear at a conference, <laughs> but I know it exists, so I right. can go look for it and I can learn uh, more about it. So I think conferences has been really good resource for me. Yeah, I agree. And I also, you know, you made your, you said that you don't always remember everything that was said. And I find that that matches up really well with my experience. But since most conferences record their talks, 
even if I can't remember the libraries that they mentioned or anything else, I can usually go do like ng-conf, you know, if I can remember even anything close to the speaker's name or what they talked about, I can usually find it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And once you get to know uh, these people, these resources, you know, there's just so many of them, but most of the time it's hard to know what resources are good and what are available for you. I mean, over time, there's all these newsletters and all, all these great resources that I've been following. It's been great. Now I do work with two core contributors to Angular, Jeff Cross and Victor Sevkin, and it's, it's great. <laughs> I get all my questions answered anytime I want. Oh, there you go. Just pull up Slack. Hey, Victor, what, what's the deal? Yes. Uh, as a uh, GD, we do have access to the team as well. Mm -hmm. We can ask. So uh, in return, we do try to reach out to other people and teach as much as we could and um, you know, kind of bring the feedback of the community back to the Angular team. Right. Very cool. Do you want to talk a little bit about how to become a GDE? Uh, sure. So now you can apply to become a GDE. It's a Google Developer Expert website, uh, developer.google.com slash experts, I believe. And uh, there's a form that you can apply. You can just fill it in. And uh, the process is um, was two-step at the time. It takes time sometimes, but it's, it's good to be in it. So um, you do get to have an interview with a, someone from the Chrome team and talk about the new technologies. And because I was specifically doing uh, Angular, I also talked to someone from the Angular team. Very cool. What have you done in Angular that you're particularly proud of? Uh, I know you've done like web VR we talked about in D3, but yeah, what do you what do you get excited about that you've contributed to the community? Uh, I'm very excited about NX right now because mm -hmm. it's using schematics and allowing people to use NGRX store much easily and creates libraries and um, writes some separate libraries for your applications and have multiple applications in one place. So the reason I'm very happy about it is because I always keep recreating the same stuff. And in work in my workplace, we never shared libraries that efficiently. And I think this was one tool that I really, really wanted for myself in my previous job. So that's why I'm very happy about it. But other than that, I, um, I'm very excited about every talk that I give usually you know, integrate an Angular with uh, other libraries like D3 or, um, or Canvas or uh, WebVR. And lately I did some uh, augmented reality stuff, which was really fun. Very cool. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of the types of technology that's just going to keep growing. I don't know exactly where we're going to wind up with it, but it's interesting just to see the directions people go with it. Mm -hmm. And the fact you can do it with web technology, as you've demonstrated, is a lot of fun. It is. Augmented reality is going to be available just this week, hopefully. Uh, that's what they promised at Google I.O. last week under a flag. So now I can even share, you know, much easily with what I've been doing because I was using uh, some specific uh, browsers and mm -hmm. so it's fun. Very cool. What are you working on now? I am working with one of our clients and helping them uh, refactor some of their code uh, using some NGRX store 
and um, some CDK. Oh, CDK is the new thing that mm-hmm. is fun to play with. And the other thing that we are doing is uh, creating uh, some continuous integration uh, plugins. So oh, nice. Yeah, it is nice. I'm discovering the potential of Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I encourage people over and over and over again. It's like, look, find a way to automate this stuff. And continuous integration is a big part of that. So, Yes. And one other thing that we want to accomplish with that is uh, to monitor stuff. So sometimes your build times go up, your test times go up, and your uh, JavaScript code is very big. But you don't realize, like, when did that happen? No one knows. So want to visualize uh, some dashboards to see how people can, um, you know, compare previous builds to new builds and stuff like that. Right. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. <laughs> so do you ever tie it all together and make dashboards with data visualization using VR and NX? <laughs> well, for I have done for the demos and we are building a platform for NX where we will put it all together. We will have the Jenkins integration, continuous integration, and then the visualizations. But I doubt that there will be VR. But who knows? Maybe I'll make a pull request. They'll merge it in. You don't know. <laughs> there we go. Or augmented reality. Where yeah, I stare well, off into space in the corner <laughs> of my office and it goes... Actually, oh. that's a great idea to enjoy uh, because you know it's uh, you can have it all, right? You can mm-hmm. have a normal uh, visualization plus 3D plus AR plus VR uh, in the same place. So you're inspiring me. Thank you. I, I was just trying to see how crazy I could get, but yeah, <laughs> it, it would be fun. Yes, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, where do people go to uh, find out what you're working on these days? I'm assuming you're on GitHub and Twitter. Do you have a blog as well? Uh, I am very bad at writing blog posts, uh, and Victor and Jeff is telling me to write it. I should just publish it. I have a few of them half done already. But you can find me on Twitter. It's A-Y-S something, I something. Um, And um, most of the work that we are doing today is at GitHub slash Narwhal, N-R-W-L. And find me personally on GitHub. Uh, my username is Y-O-N-E-T. Very cool. One other thing I just wanted to ask really briefly is I have people ask me periodically about boot camps. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was your take on Hack Reactor and how did you decide that that's where you wanted to be at? I was uh, considering, I was uh, talking, but I went there and this was uh, in the very beginning of the boot camp and uh, I talked to one of the founders and um, I asked him what differentiated them, and he said the algorithms. And uh, we were solving an algorithm question every morning like, for mm. the first half hour, and I loved it. I wish I kept the habit because it was such a good way to wake up to have your coffee and solve one algorithm problem. I think what you learn from a bootcamp is not magic. It's to learn how to learn. Right. So they point you to the right direction, but the work never ends there. And um, I um, had good mentors, good classmates. So, you know, I was, I, I consider myself lucky. It doesn't turn out great every time for everybody, but um, I think it's a great opportunity in a very short time to learn a lot of stuff. That makes a lot of sense. And I like that you brought up that it teaches you how to learn because 
Um, I think a lot of people look at the boot camps and they think to themselves, oh, I'll go to the boot camp, I'll learn how to code, and then I'll get a job. And what winds up happening is, is they learn enough to get by and then they learn how to learn more. And both the companies that hire new developers and the new developers sometimes seem a little bit disillusioned after the boot camp because they expected to just be completely proficient. And the companies wanted to hire somebody who was completely proficient out of boot camp. And instead, if they have that mindset of, you know what, we're going to bring this person in and we're going to teach them how we do it. And they already have enough of a foundation to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think everybody would be uh, happier with the outcome. Yes, I think so too. And um, uh, Hackractor is one of those boot camps too that emphasizes we are not going to give you everything. You are going mm-hmm. to work for it. Basically, well, they have a very interesting style. They um, kind of give you these parts and let you go most of the time. So the learning happens when you are actually struggling with the things. Yep. So, it's true yeah. of life too. Hmm? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, sometimes you never hear a suggestion until you're ready to hear. The same thing yeah. is true uh, when you're learning how to code. Uh, sometimes things doesn't click 10 times you read it or hear it, but then suddenly it's like, oh, okay, there's a pattern. I see it now. Yep, absolutely. Or you hear it and you think you understand it and then you get into the life situation where Oh, oh, I never, I never quite understood that until exactly. I had to fight my way to it. Yep. Yes. And yeah, with code, that's why it's very important not to, just to watch those videos from the conferences or just read an article, but like get your hands dirty, start doing it right away because like you will forget about it. Do something right away with the thing that you just learned. Yep. Well, I'm going to go ahead and push us into picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about? This episode is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is the hosting provider I use for devchat.tv. I also use it for my applications that manage the RSS feeds, scheduling, and sponsorships involved in delivering these shows. DigitalOcean is easy to use, has data centers all over the world, and provides terrific services including server hosting and object storage for delivering your web applications and assets quickly and easily. I use DigitalOcean because I love their interface. I get SSD storage for my servers, and their support replies quickly. So go check them out at digitalocean.com. Oh, okay. There's a new library, 3JS AR. Uh, you can try it on Chrome Canary next week, which is really exciting. I think it's really cool. Oh, uh, I was talking about this uh, at NG Girls, and few, few people knew about it, angulardoc.io. Mm-hmm. So it's such a cool website. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, go check it out because it allows you to look at um, your dependency injection, everything you have in your Angular application modules, so on and so forth. But it's also good to look at some other people's code. Uh, I was just showing Dan Whalen's uh, code and how it's divided, how the dependency injection happens, how the modules are organized. And it's such a good learning experience. So that's a really good one. That, this looks really, really handy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out who banged this together and get them on the show. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. What do I have to shout out about? So one thing that I just want to mention really quickly, and uh, I'm going to try and get through this without falling on the show, but uh, 
I lost my dad a couple weeks ago. And a lot of times we get caught up in all the other stuff, right? We're worried about, you know, whether we should be learning React or Vue as well as Angular. Or we're worried about what the President of the United States is doing. Or, you know, all of these different things. And that's not to say that these things aren't important per se. But I think a lot of times we lose sight of the the people and the things around us that really matter. And so, you know, I kind of want to dedicate this show to my dad. And, wow, I'm being really steady. I'm not feeling that steady. But uh, I also want to uh, just remind people, you know what, at, at the end of the day or at the end of your life, you know, you're not going to look back and say, I wish I'd done more Angular. You know, it's, it's going to be the, you know, the times where you were able to go uh, visit your dad, <laughs> for me anyway. He was in a rehab facility in the city I live in. So, you know, I was able to go and visit him even though he was not doing well health-wise and things like that. And, you know, just, just stuff like that, you know, don't, don't lose sight of the things that are really important. And yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't regret very much about my relationship with my dad, things I did do or didn't do. And I sincerely hope that everybody else can find a way to get to that place before they wind up losing somebody they care about. And yeah, I went way deep and now I've depressed everybody, but yeah. No, that's such a great message. I mean, I wish somebody else told me. I I, I did have regrets when my father passed away, so I'm yeah. glad you're sharing this. Yeah. I think my main regret there, and, and this is another thing that I, I want to encourage people to do some of, and you can do so much of it on your phone these days, is just, you know, get them to talk about themselves and, and you know, uh, record that. My sister recorded a video of my dad. So we're, we're Mormon, we're Christian, you know, just testifying of Christ. And that was such a precious thing to have on a video. And I think that's really my only regret is that we don't have more of that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, there are systems out there for you if you want to try and collect that stuff, or you can just put it in Dropbox or Google Drive or something like that and share it. But yeah, you know, make sure that you're capturing that stuff too, especially for the people that may not be around as long as you would like. I think we all kind of get comfortable and we think that you know, we still have time, but you never know. So true. Anyway, enough of that. I didn't cry. We're good. Good job. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us about Angular. One last thing. I know some people are kind of interested in Narwhal. Do you want to just talk briefly about what you do there? Yes, uh, we help especially bigger teams, enterprise uh, applications, uh, architect their Angular applications. We have few tools that we use. We have an X, uh, which is open source. Anyone can use it to work with NGRX or create a monorepo with some libraries and um, have better build and linting and everything else. So you can find it at uh, github slash nrwl for narwhal slash nx. And we have some uh, free courses on um, about how to get started with it. Very cool. Well, thanks again for coming. Thank you. Uh, thank you for doing this. I'm uh, very happy <laughs> to be yeah, here. Yeah, I love collecting these stories. It's just, I think a lot of people get the idea that some people were born programmers and it turns out that none of us were, so. Yes, true. <laughs>
All right. All right. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more. 